Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community College of Summerton, Philadelphia. Beautiful Tuesday morning. Yom Shahuch Balboy Ki Toiv, the day of the double Toiv. 100 degrees? It's not 100 degrees out there? It might be. Well, just stay indoors. Come hang out with the Kailo. We have great air conditioning over there, right? Hang out in our terror with the Kailo. So uh, we continue here the Maral and Shuva. We're in the Siva Shuva Perik Bays, in the middle of a paragraph. Dafkuf Nun Beis on the right hand column over here and the Maral quoted the Gemara Masechah's Yuma actually we're doing Yuma in the morning but this is we're in the beginning of the Masechah this is from the end of the Masechah and the Gemara was citing different psukim that seems to say different ideas about Shuvah does it work right away does it not work right away does Hashem have to help out does he not have to help out so Maral is going to deal with the next part of this Gemara last week we saw he dealt with the Gemara is talking about a Rafua that tshuva not only brings healing to us, it brings healing to the world. And Maral said a beautiful and very deep insight that tshuva is really about returning to our ground state, to who we really are. And that's what a rafu is. What's rafu? When someone gets better, he gets healed, all we really want is to see him go back to where he was and who he was before he got sick. His ground state, the state of health. You know, people, Baruch Hashem, generally start off in the state of health, in the state of, of, of brius, and someone gets sick, things are going on, there's a bacterial infection, a virus, right? And, and uh, we have to he- heal him, cure him, that is essentially just getting him back to his original state. Tshuva is the same thing, tshuva is the same thing, it's a healing, and just as we are sick with a virus, we have to have a healing, as, as the Veld says, a virus? What, what, what should you do if you have a virus? Tshuva ton, right? Did tshuva? You have a virus? Do tshuva. They get it. Okay. Anyway, see, Dylan gets it. A virus. If you have a virus, you'd have to do. Okay. Back, back, back in the Maral. All right. So, so uh, the, the, the Gemara there also said that some one Puzzik seems to indicate that you are healed immediately, the other Puzzik seems to, heal, to indicate. That it's a process. So the Gemara answered by saying it depends on how you did tshuva. Did you do tshuva out of avo or out of yira? You did tshuva out of love or um, out of fear. So the Maral is going to deal with that next. Let's see. The Gemara said that the one Pazak says, return my sons, which implies that immediately as soon as you repent, Hashem welcomes you back again. The healing happens immediately. Another puzzle says, after you return, I will heal you. First return, and then let's try to, you know, put you on the operating table over there and see what we can do. Even after you repent, we need the process of healing. That is the Gemara's question. Is, so does it happen immediately? Is it a process? One is talking about where you repent out of love. You do tshuva out of love for the Rebbeinu Shalevim. And one is talking about out of fear. So the Maral rolls up his sleeves over here. Yes, in this operating feeder. And he's going to dissect this Gemara for us and get into the nitty gritty of what the difference is between tshuva out of love and tshuva out of fear. Ki. Someone that does tshuva. He returns. He repents out of love. He's certainly going to have this healing immediately upon doing tshuva, if he does it out of love. Take afu miyad, immediately. He is going to have this refuah. 
if his motivation in doing tshuva is love, we'll see in a moment what this means exactly, what it means to do tshuva out of love, but if he's doing tshuva out of love, that's a full tshuva, it's not lacking anything, and it's a, it, it's accomplishing what tshuva really is at its essence, at its core, what tshuva is all about. The ultimate definition of tshuva is found and is met when it's done out of love. However, if a person does tshuva out of fear, there's something lacking in his tshuva. Not a full-fledged tshuva when it's done out of fear. That's why I will heal you after you do tshuva. You still need a healing. Although you did tshuva, you need to be healed because there's something lacking in your tshuva. So to explain what the Maharal is saying um, in, in our terms, um, after I finish doing my tshuva, does Hashem have to help me out or not? Does Hashem have to like fill in the blanks? Does Hashem have to reach back out and, 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 and take care of the loose ends, take care of the missing pieces? That depends. Did I, are there loose, missing pieces and loose ends in my tshuva? If my tshuva still has gaps, still has missing pieces, has loose ends, I didn't do everything really, I didn't do a proper tshuva, then the Rebbein Shalom has to say, I'll take care of the rest. I'll, I'll bring you the rest of the way back. If I did a tshuva that, that, is, that is solid, complete, not lacking anything, then it happens immediately. Hashem doesn't have to fill in any gaps, any blanks. That says the Maharal is missing tshuva from Av and tshuva from Yira. Tshuva from Av is a full-fledged, ultimate, uh, complete tshuva. There's nothing that Akash Baruch needs to do. I, I did the tshuva. When it's tshuva meira, it, it, it has things that are missing. It's not a full-fledged tshuva. It's not a complete tshuva. And what are those things that are missing? Why is it that tshuva meira is not lacking? Is not missing tshuva meira? Is missing? Is lacking things? So let's see that right now. This is the difference between serving God and doing tshuva to return to God again out of love or out of fear. One is complete, one is incomplete, one doesn't have any pieces missing, one has a lot of pieces that are missing. Says the Maral. What's the difference? Why is one complete, one incomplete? Someone who does tshuva out of love. Where's that tshuva coming from? Someone does tshuva out of love. From himself. What's prompting him to do tshuva? What's the motivation? He himself, that he wants to be closer to Hashem. It's coming from, from the impetus, the will, the desire, and the yearning is coming from within. He wants to be closer to Hashem. It's unprompted and unsolicited. Kamosh is Barba Nesiva Ava, Ayn Sham, says the Mara, like I explained in the Nesiva Ava, the section in Nesiva Sailama on love. Someone who is serving God out of Yiro, out of fear, and Shuvah certainly is done out of fear. What's prompting the Shuva is something outside me, is, 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 is Hashem. It's coming from Hashem. It comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why the healing effect of the tshuva has to come from the Rebbeinah That says the Maral, this is a very deep idea, something really to dwell on. So let's dwell on this for a moment, let's take the Maral's advice. Maral said, what he's sharing with us is a, quite a deep idea. 
So he's saying the basic difference between tshuva out of love and tshuva out of fear is what is prompting it? What's the motivation? Ava comes from within and year comes from without. But let, let, let's, let's dwell on that indeed for a moment as the Maral is suggesting. Doing tshuva out of love, the motivation comes from within, from me. Doing tshuva out of fear, the motivation is coming from without, from outside of me. So let, let, let's appreciate, let's, let's dwell on that. Yeah, so let, let's, try to, let's, try to, let's try to crunch that, let's try to process that, let's try to, try to wrap our heads around that like the Maral said. Coming from within, coming from without. Excuse me. Isn't shuva always about, always about coming closer to God? See, even if it's out of love, it's because uh, there's something called God, and that's outside of me, that's not inside of me. So that, that's what Ramesh is asking. Shuva always has to do with like some out, something outside that I want to return to, right? I want to return to Hashem. So even if it's out of love, but the motivation is coming from, from outside and not from inside. What does it mean that from love, the motivation, the, the, the impetus is coming from inside and out of fear, it's coming from outside. So let's explore this. I think there's two different, two, two levels of, of meaning over here, two levels of depth, and let's explore it all together. Um, so, it's like this. Um, there's tshuva, again, out of love, and tshuva out of fear. Fear of what? What am I afraid of? Tshuva out of ira. So there's different things I could be afraid of. I could be afraid of getting punished. That's a very, very low form of tshuva from Yira. But if that's what the Maral means, that's that the blurs a little bit together with the other kind of tshuva that we saw that we're going to return to, tshuva out of suffering, yisurin. Tshuva out of suffering. We saw that there's a, another kind of tshuva, I'm doing tshuva because I'm suffering. So to say, it's tshuva of, you know, the fear of suffering, fear of punishments. Um, I don't want to get punished. That's almost approaching the idea of um, tshuva of suffering. So it's like right before the suffering, right after the suffering. A, that's a very, very low form of tshuva, the fear of punishment. And B, that's almost what um, the Maral is going to be referring to as tshuva out of, out of suffering, right? Fear of suffering versus actually getting the suffering that's a little bit too like we said blurred to to feel comfortable with such a distinction but shuba miyira doesn't really mean fear of um of uh of um you know suffering of, of future suffering i'm trying to stave off and preempt future suffering shuba miyira means i'm doing shuba um out of a, a sense of of um, the authority of Hashem. Not so much the reprisals, not so much that Hashem can punish me and Hashem is going to punish me, but Hashem has an authority. Hashem as 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 a um, someone I have to be accountable to. 
Tshuva Meira is Hashem is the ultimate authority. Hashem is the ultimate, so to speak, agency, king, policeman, CEO, IRS, however you want to look at it. Someone that has authority and there's going to be an accounting. And forget about, you know, I'm worried about fines. I'm worried about going to jail. I'm worried about punishments. Even, even if, you know, that's not on my mind so much. Even if I'm not thinking about that, but there is a, a certain a, 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 a fear, a respect, and an awe, an awe that we have for the authorities. And we're supposed to. We're supposed to have a certain sense of submission, a certain sense of of um, of uh, respect and deference to an authority. Even when I'm not focused on the fact that that authority has the power to punish me, has the power to throw me in jail, to fine me, to write citations, just the fact that they represent authority, that, that subdues me, that puts me in my place. And when we're in the presence, let's say, of someone of, of extreme authority, Let's say we'd be in the presence of, uh, I, I don't know, like what our, what we need. nowadays it's hard to find a good muscle of someone that we feel immediately a sense of authority in their presence. So the president, president of the United States of America, we feel that way, probably not. Unfortunately, the, the, uh, that's a good one, the God Ador. Yeah, the God Ador. That's a very good example. Uh, I would say the King of England. No, last year we'd have to say the Queen of England. Now we can say the King of England again. There's a king. But people feel that he's an authority. I don't know if people really feel that he's an authority. Um, but yeah, let's say the Gadol Ador. We're in the presence of Reb Shmuel Kamenetsky. We're in the presence of, of uh, Reb Chaim Kanievsky. So that's definitely an authority. He's running all of Klai Yisrael, right? The Gadol Ador runs Klai Yisrael. When we're in their presence, we act differently. We act differently. Why? We have we have awe. We have a certain awe of, of from the, from that moment, from what they represent. Am I afraid that the God of the that Reb Shmuel is going to is going to write a ticket and find me if I misbehave in his presence? Am I afraid that that Reb Chaim Kanievsky? Am I afraid that Reb Aaron Cutler and Moshe Feinstein, the Chavetz Chaim? I'm afraid they're going to send me to jail. I'm not afraid that they're going to send me to jail. No. Well, what I what am I afraid of? I'm I, I'm afraid of, is even the wrong word. I'm in awe. I'm in awe. Uh, of in their presence, I feel very small. I feel very subdued. I feel very insignificant, and I sense immediately that they are someone of of authority. They have authority. Um, let's take that a step further. If I'm in their presence, and I know my behavior is out of line with their expectations, and they call me out on it, I'm immediately going to what? I'm going to. I'm going to say, you're right, you're right, I'm out of line with, with your expectations. I'm going to feel accountable to them. If they sense that I'm doing something wrong and they call me out, I'm going to, I'm going to defer to them. Not only that, if I know they're going to call me out, I'm going to try to shape up before I even have an audience with them. If I know they're going to call me out. The, you know, they say on the stipler going, it was Chaim Kanievsky's father, the stipler 
still had this, he had this nobility. Big tzaddikim were able to do this. They'll look at your forehead, they look at your forehead and, and tell you what you did the day before. They could see if you had done mitzvahs or averas. Then avera would show up, they'd, they'd be able to see it on your forehead. So when people went to the stipler, they were going like this. <laughs> they were going like this to the stipler. Take the hat and, 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 uh, I put it down. Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah, it would help. Yeah, you had to see your forehead. You had to see your forehead. Um, but why they do that? Because of the authority that he represented. And some people wouldn't want to do that, but they would do tshuva. They do tshuva before you go in because you know he's going to call you out. You feel accountable to someone who's much greater than you, much mightier than you, and much more holier than you. With the Chaim Kanievsky's atzal also. Famously, he would give people, he would, he would call people out on things. Someone would come in for a bracha. Reb Chaim had, had a whole bunch of shitas. Reb Chaim held, if, if you can grow a beard, you have to have a beard. You can't not have a beard. Right? A yid has to have a beard. So people would come in and ask him for brachas. People, married people would come in and say, I need a bracha for kindalach. Say, he would be a gagolachter. He would be clean shaven. Say, grow a beard. You'll have kids. Someone would come in with a bracha for, uh, asking for a shidduch. Grow a beard, a, a bracha, a clean shaven bracha. Grow a beard and you get a shidduch. So people knew, you know, like uh, if you want a bracha for a certain thing and you're not going to make Reb Chaim happy, he's going to, you know, you have to be prepared to grow a beard. You have to be prepared to grow a beard if you want to, uh, to get his bracha. And people would, would adopt that mentality because, again, in Reb Chaim's presence, you feel very, very, very subdued by his, the authority that he represents. He had another thing that um, he didn't like the practice that, that uh, the should practice putting the pays behind the ears. Reb Chaim Kanievsky didn't like that. They're like, there's no, there's no source of that. Why are you hiding your pays? You have, to, you have to be proud of your pays. You have to pays out, right? Put your pays behind your ears. Why are you hiding your pays? So the schools, they used to take the, 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 the kids to, to um, Reb Chaim. A lot of schools used to do this, to get like a bracha before Shoshana, Elul, whatever. So the, the, these classes of these, these cheder kids would come to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, file by one at a time and get a bracha, a bracha batzlacha from Reb Chaim Kanievsky. So he, it was known that if he saw a kid with a pace behind his ears, he would say, he would say, you should have your pace set, you should have your pace set, you should have your pace set. Now, if Chaim Kanievsky tells you something, again, you're not going to ignore Chaim Kanievsky. So, my son's class, once, when my son was in Cheder, when we were living in Eretz Yisrael, so the whole class went to Chaim Kanievsky. There's one bucker, one kid in the class, how old this kid was, you know, eight, nine, ten years old, he decided he was, gonna, he was going to trick Rav Chaim, because he didn't want Rav Chaim to have to tell him to uh, take his pay set. If Chaim tells you something, again, you're not going to ignore it. So he had his pay behind his ears always, but when it was, before he, they came to the room, he took his pay out. He had his pay in front of his ears. So Chaim would see him with his pay in front of his ears, Chaim wouldn't tell him, you should always wear your pay set. So anyways, all the kids were walking by. So this kid, who took his pay out, had his pay in front of his ears, walked by Chaim, Chaim saw him, gave him a smile, he said, ah, Zer Shady, he said, he said it looks, you look so nice like that, you should always wear your pay like that. <laughs> so it didn't work. And Reb Chaim outsmarted him. He said, ah, you should, you should always have your pace like that. So in any case, we, we you know, you walk into the Gadol Ador and you fix yourself up. You cover your head. If it's the stipler, you do tshuva. You were thinking about hiru tshuva. We're, we're, we're trembling and shaking. We take our pace out. Reb Chaim, why? We're not afraid they're going to send us to jail. You're not afraid, you're not afraid that the, the, uh, the, 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 the stipler is going to lock you up, is going to write you a ticket. But we have, not fear, but awe. Awe that we sense that they're an authority. And the natural, normal human reaction, the human condition is, when I sense someone is, you're A, an authority. And B, you have expectations for me. And C, 
I, I'm out of line with your expectations, and you know that, and you are in charge. You, are, I have to, I have to answer to you. So I have that awe of you, um, and your authority. It's clear and uncontestable that you're that authority. So I'm going to do tshuva. But that's tshuva meira. That's what tshuva meira is. Tshuva meira. Excuse me. Is about the fact that I I see that you're an authority. And you have expectations, and I, I've fallen far, fall, I have fallen far short of those expectations. You have expectations of me. So it says the Ma'arau, tshuva miyira, doing tshuva out of out of this awe, is coming from Hashem and not coming from me. And therefore, there's something lacking in this tshuva. Why is it coming from Hashem? It's coming from Hashem in that Hashem has to present himself as an authority. Let's say that even better. When Hashem is an authority, that means there's a distance between me and Hashem. The tshuva is motivated from the fact that Hashem is way up there, I'm way down there, I'm way down here. Hashem has to present himself as an authority, present himself as a melech, present himself as someone who is very far away from me, and that's what pulls the tshuva out of me, the gap, the distance between me and Hashem. That's why it's coming from outside. That's why it's coming from Hashem's perspective. Hashem has to fill in the blanks. Hashem has to help me out because it comes from Hashem showing me that I am I and you are you and we're very far, we're very far apart. Very, very, very far apart. Um, whereas Tshuva Me'ava, let's say this quickly, we'll continue with this tomorrow. Tshuva Me'ava is the very opposite. Tshuva Me'ava is all about me grasping that I can be very close to Hashem. There doesn't have to be anything distancing me, me and God. I can be very close to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. And to the contrary, the fact that I can be so close, the fact that I want to be so close, that's what's motivating the tshuva. And that's what it means it comes from within, from inside, not from Hashem creating this relationship of distancing, making Himself into authority, which is outside of me, but it comes from... um, a desire to be close, to bridge that gap, to not be distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that I can, in fact, be one with Hashem. That's tshuva out of love. Because that itself is something that has to be developed. We'll, we'll continue with this tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem. Tshuva me'ahava, and why it's coming from me, what it means is coming from me, and the difference between the tshuva that comes from the gap, that's yiro, and tshuva that comes from bridging the gap, that's Ava. We'll continue with all that tomorrow. Thank you for joining.